This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the entire Internet, all time, future and past, where we dare to talk about things like um, celebrities having babies and um, geopolitical controversies that span um, history, nations, science fiction stories and streaming services. We're going to talk about Disney casting and uh, Game of Thrones oral history books, all the topics that... Frankly, the lamestream media, I just coined that term, um, are too afraid to discuss. I am Dan Selke of uh, WinnerIsComing.net, and I'm here with my co-host. And who, who are you? Hi, I am Mia Johnson, editor over on Dork Side of the Force. You know, is this my first time here? This is all so new, isn't it? No. <laughs> I don't have like a smooth transition to say like, I'm Dan Selke of this. And I'm here with, and also then you say it, but I don't know how, like how to tee you off I'm, properly. I'm also awful at introductions, so I think this is this is perfect for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it'll be awkward. I mean, I feel like I, I've I've done like my, you know, like we're the one and only show. That, that's that's kind of a thing. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, well, it's all developing. Anyway, uh, thanks people who are here to watch us. Um, anybody's out there, feel free to comment either on the YouTube stream. Or uh, the Facebook post, and we'll be glad to talk to you. As Mix say, "Hi, hey Mix, good to see Hello. you." And I, I agree with Richard. We we are the bravest. We we're we're we're, we're controversial yet brave. But we're going to start this show with something I, I think pretty simple. Um, just a feel good story before we get into some rather heavy stuff later on, or at least rather naughty, interesting kind of complicated stuff. Um, straight up, straightforward, fun times. Sophie Turner, a.k.a. Sansa Stark from the Game of Thrones, um, has had her baby with husband Joe Jonas. But uh, the other day, she just decided to post some pregnancy selfies of herself <laughs> on Instagram. And it's just nice. It's just cool to see a Game of Thrones star or just like kind of any just. Yeah, just basically someone that we know so well from the show, um, you know, just fully pregnant, living her truth. Uh, it looks great. It's um, so it, 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 it just It's just fun, isn't it? That um, these kind of people you grew up with, or not grew up with, like you watch grow up on the <laughs> screen. It, 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 it's, it's almost surreal yeah. to like see. Like I was watching her as young Sansa Stark when I she know. was like 13 years old. And now she's grown up having a baby. I know. I think she's younger than me too by like a year maybe. I think so. Which is like, oh my goodness. I could not imagine myself. <laughs> 
myself like in right now in that position but i'm like you know it's nice to see her like like you said growing up before our, our very own eyes it's very like nice. you know our, our very own oh gosh they grow up so fast don't they <laughs> and it, maybe even more interesting is i think um rose leslie who's married to kit harrington rose yeah. leslie played egret on game of thrones the wildling and kit harrington of course was Jon snow she posed for Make Magazine. I've never heard it before, but sure. And she revealed that she's pregnant. So basically, this is going to be Jon Snow and Ygritte's baby. The one they didn't have because they couldn't be together because they were from different worlds. And then she died in battle. Like he cradled know. her in her arms. I know. We finally get to see that timeline fulfill what could have been, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were some fun tweets going around like, oh my God, the baby will have... Wild and Targaryen blood together, he'll be unstoppable. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's fun. <laughs> That's really all I had to say awesome. about it, by the way. That's I don't awesome. have any deep insights into this. I like this dress this. that she's got going, though, by the way. Yeah, it's I, cool. I can't the zoom in what I have, but yeah. It's really cute. It's a nice photograph. I'm happy for the both of them. It's nice It's nice to see some, some nice light news. <laughs> I'm like, after last night, I watched the debate. I was like, I just need a palate cleanser. This is exactly what I need. We won't dwell on it, but I couldn't. I mean, like I read the summaries and I heard, I, I heard the news and I heard what happened, but like I couldn't. I, I didn't want to watch no, it. No, you, I you, you spared yourself ninety just train wrecks of a minute. <laughs> okay, stop it. We're going to move on. It's time to move on. We're here to talk about happy things and congratulations to yeah. Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas, Kit Harrington, Rose Leslie, and also. Uh, Hafthor Hulius Bjornsson, who played the Mountain, or the Mountain again, aka the guy who crushed Pedro Sol's oh, death, also had a new to tell son. Me. It's like Game of Thrones babies all over yeah. the place, a which I guess is fun. Them. A, 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 a new generation who will one day go on to play their kids in um, Game of Thrones two, oh, long, boy. long, long down the line. It'll be a good time. Oh yeah. But anyway, okay. So now that the fun um, part is over, I thought we'd shift into some. Uh, I'm going to call them juicy topics for this week because there are some interesting things going on in kind of the streaming Game of Thrones, um, you know, television sphere. So the past couple of weeks, we'd had talked about how Game of Thrones showrunners, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, were going to adapt a new show for Netflix. They were going to adapt the three body problem, which is this mm -hmm. um, very successful science fiction book trilogy out of China by author uh, Liu Zhijin. Not sure I'm saying it right, but we're just going to go with it and see what happens. Um, very big, very successful. Like, the, the, the rights been kind of bouncing around for a while. And they landed at Netflix, and Benioff Weiss is going to do it. So, that sounded interesting. I mean, we we're all mm -hmm. like, I don't want to see them do another thing. I was excited about it. I, I, I've heard great things about the, the book series for a long time. Yeah, I was interested. And then, in like last week... In a rare move, Netflix got a letter from several Republican U.S. senators basically saying, we don't, we have some problems with you going forward with this sci-fi trilogy. Mm -hmm. I might be asking, why would senators be concerned about a science fiction show at Netflix? Why would they bother writing? But they did. I mean, there were Martha McSally from Arizona. I want to have them all. Marsha Black from Tennessee. Rick Scott from Florida. Kevin Kramer from, oh, hell, what's uh, North Dakota. Dakota? Sorry. I looked at R and I was like, <laughs> Rhode Island? No, North Dakota. And uh, Tom Tillis from North Carolina. 
I'll send a letter basically saying we're concerned over this because, and here's where things get naughty and bizarre. And hey, Laurie, uh, glad to have you here. Um, the author, Lu Zhijin, has in the past expressed support for uh, the Chinese Communist Party's detention of the nation's Uyghur Muslim minority. Mm. And it's pretty well documented that in China, in the in the Xinjiang region, kind of the northwestern part of the country, they've, I mean, I'm not a political scientist, but they've basically built internment camps. They built internment camps and they're keeping members of the Uyghur Muslim minority there. It's a very dystopian kind of creepy thing. Like they're imprisoning them, even though they haven't committed any crimes. Like the inside of the camps are these like really weird, like Orwellian re-education camps where they're like mm-hmm. showed pra- tra- tra- Chinese, Chinese propaganda. They're not allowed to like practice their religion. It's really, it's it's awful. It's terrible yeah. stuff. And this author, Lu Zhijin, said, I think last year in a New Yorker interview, I won't read his quote, but basically he was like, yeah, well, I, I, I'm in support of this. Would you rather they be out there like hurt, hurting people? Oh. Um, so the, the concern was basically, uh, we're concerned over this show because Liu Zhijin is involved as a consulting producer, last I checked. And it wasn't quite clear if they wanted to like just cut him out of the show or to stop doing the show entirely. Mm-hmm. They just kind of expressed concern, which is rare, right? I mean, how often do yeah. senators write to Netflix or Amazon or Disney to like say, uh, please stop what you're doing or geez. consider what you're doing? <laughs> did senators get on it? Or, 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 I think or, or they did. It? Somebody did. I, I think um, you're right. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, the, 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 what do you call it? Ted Cruz, I think, might have been somebody. And Tulsi, um, how do you say her Gabbard? last name? I know she at least tweeted about it. So it's like kind of now Netflix is getting two hits back to back, which is like, who? I'm not sure what they about cuties, but Netflix did respond after a couple of days to them, basically saying two things. I mean, uh, the, the, the upshot is they're not going to do anything. They're going <clears> to <throat> keep going forward. And they're saying, A, Lu Zhen didn't create the show. Benioff Weiss, Alexander Wu did. And two, his comments had nothing to do with the show. I mean, the, the story is about earth's contact with an alien race yeah and told over like generations it sounds pretty interesting to be honest um it does have scenes set during the chinese cultural revolution in the 60s and 70s which was a very turbulent time in the country's history which had kind of similar stuff going on which is weird yeah. right because you figure like because he lived through that thing and it's like and you can't find some empathy, but I don't know. I don't know his yeah, life. Or, yeah. and, I, and I don't know Chinese history. Like, let's put that out there right now. No, yeah, me neither, yeah. Um, v- very well, anyway. But they're not going to do anything saying that he's not involved with the show and his comments have nothing to do with the show. So I guess the question for the group and for you, Mia, is what is Netflix's responsibility? What are Benioff and Weiss's responsibility? How do you handle that kind of situation where geopolitics gets involved in netflix sci-fi shows yeah Yeah. it's a big question i know yeah it really is and it feels like the jk rowling debate all over again where it's it's like how far do you separate the ideas of the author from the story and and everything else wrapped up in that i know Lori. it's bizarre (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna join this yeah, and it's like, I really, I, this is another one of those parts where I'm like, it. it's one of those debates where I just, I 
really don't know what to think just because to me, you know, I, I, I love good stories. I love good content, but then it's like, to what degree of when you do support someone with these sorts of thoughts and ideas, you know, can you go out and, and, you know, back them up? How much, you know, how much of your involvement means that you're backing them up or backing up their ideas or endorsing their ideas? Um, which is reminding me of, I believe, like Disney was under fire for Mulan because they had filmed so in kind that of the region. Same thing. Yeah, they filmed yeah. in the region where the camps are. And I think the point, I think somebody was like, well, they filmed before the news had broke or something about oh, it. Oh, no. That's, and I was it, like, it, that, it, it, it's been yeah, out there. That sounded kind of weird. And then they also had a controversy with Mulan because uh, Liu Yifei was. I believe against the Hong Kong protests, yeah, and kind of more in or favor pro, of the, uh, the pro, you know, the other side, yeah, basically. Again, which I'm like, I, I'm not a uh, a world news person. I don't, I, I, you know, try to know as much as I can. Uh, but yeah, when it intersects with entertainment, I try to know as best as I can. So yeah, again, that was like it was like I watched Mulan um, because it was a big was movie. It good? Um. <laughs> I wouldn't say That's it was bad. No. no, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And, and again, it's like, just because I'm watching this movie, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm supporting the main actress's beliefs. But then again, the main actress isn't like the author of the story and the creator or the producer. <laughs> so I'm just going to like, my, my system is going to overload and the, the Mia bot is going to shut down. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so naughty. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I love that word. If anybody out there has any opinions, I'd love to hear them. Um, Lori, wait, what What have I missed with her? Do you, do you mean um, Turner and Leslie and stuff? They're all pregnant. Everyone's pregnant. It's great. Um, in terms of this stuff, um, I, I do agree that the J.K. Rowling comparison is apt. I mean, yeah. frankly, I think like this kind of thing is just evidence of how the wall between a creator and their work is kind of doesn't really exist anymore. Like, there was a time when, like, before 24-hour media, before social mm -hmm. media, when you could have an opinion, it was very controversial, but, like, the, the chance to get it out there in front of a lot of people was just not that big. Yeah. And now, because you're either getting a microphone shoved in your face, or you don't have one, just go to Twitter and tweet, tweet, type it out. Like, yeah. the, the, you, you, you can just say whatever you want to anybody. And I think what we're learning is that creators are they're not really exceptions to the rule that you can have um rancid opinions yeah i do think this is it doesn't quite reach the level of a jk rowling thing if for no other reason because well i guess two a lu Zhijin just isn't the name jk rowling is yeah like she's just this this monolithic just she, she, she and harry potter's inseparable Right. Whereas I, I, I'm not sure you could like use Lu Zhijin's name to sell any next thing, really. Yeah, no, like the next right thing now. from Lu Zhijin. And the other thing is, he hasn't written a manifesto yet um, about <laughs> yeah. um, th th this issue, which was kind of the tipping point for me with Rowling. Like mm -hmm. when she was just doing the tweets, I was like, this is not good. But I mean, I'm not going to like, I'll probably keep my Harry Potter books or whatever. A after the long incredibly detailed manifesto i was like all right i gotta do some thinking 
Yeah, yeah. That was, that's the thing, yeah, for this author, I really don't know anything about them besides um. now that they have this book. Um, so, yeah, two, two very different people, clearly, obviously at different stages in their career. Um, yeah, I'm trying to like rationalize with Netflix's reasoning because they were like, okay, didn't create the show. It's been off and wise. Um, and um, his comments have nothing to do with the show. But yeah, I'm that's sure like saying buy that 100 honestly. Yeah, it's like well, yeah, J.K. Rowling's uh, trans comments have nothing to do with Harry Potter, or did they? Because sometimes she finds a way to add in those little things into the. I mean, it's like canon. once you hear it, you can't not see it. Yeah. almost like yeah, no, no matter what what you're doing. And uh, Lori, you asked about what what the the, the Rowling controversy. Oh, yeah. it's it's a long uh, saga. <laughs> Basically, she, she she came out with some uh, pretty um, uh, bigoted anti-trans, like, not just comments, like, really committed, <laughs> like, thought-through positions on it. And she's been getting a lot of heat for it. And just kind of bringing up the conversation of when does an author's work, like, stop and when do their opinions begin? And, like, is there a mm-hmm. gradient between them? Can you separate them all? And again, I, I, I think we're only going to have more of those questions like from now on. <laughs> like, yeah. While we have a social media and while we have 24-hour media, like you just can't avoid it. Um, personally, I'm I'm okay with what Netflix is doing now. I think it could change. I think every situation is different. Mm-hmm. But I think like I, I am willing to look past if you make some dumb comments. Like if, again, I didn't like Rowling's tweets. If she had just left it at the tweets... I probably, I, I certainly wouldn't be as hardcore about it as I am yeah. now. Like, cause like, look, everybody says some stupid, stupid stuff. You can learn, you can grow, et cetera, et cetera. It, 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 it was her going ahead and like leaving no room for doubt that made it hard. I um, know, I know. With, with Lu Jin again, I don't know him very well. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm okay with, I mean, I'm not okay with it, but one errant quote, I don't think is reason enough to, you know, maybe torpedo what could be a very satisfying story. And it is mm-hmm. true. I mean, he's not involved in the show. It's going to be other people. So I'm okay with it for right now. But I mean, again, I, I think it depends and it changes depending on what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. That's the thing. It's like I am. This was something that I was like, okay, this I, I probably would be interested in watching it. You know, I like sci-fi and stuff Yeah, it looks like good. That, so. I mean, it sounds interesting. Yeah, I still plan I'm, to read it unless something yeah. other horrible happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's, you know, just hope that maybe it's just doesn't get that bad. I hope I, I hope for that every day that things just don't get that much worse. We're all hoping. Well, then you'll love our next story. Um, let's talk some Disney, which is the company that just like keeps giving with the one hand and taking with the other. And um, I mean, today they announced that they had cast someone as Ms. Marvel, which mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, a, a pretty important one of their many Disney Plus shows coming up. Exciting, though. They just cast She-Hulk, um, Tatiana Mansley. They're going to have a Nick a show involving Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Like, they're lining up all these shows, yeah. these big shows. But they also announced they were laying off 28,000 Disney Parks employees. Which, again, I mean, it, it, it's not hard to think of why they would do that coronavirus mm-hmm. is here the parks at least in the ones in california 
are closed down. The others are operating at limited capacity. Not as much money coming in. You're going to have to fire people. Um, yeah. But God, that sucks. God, that yeah. sucks. 28,000 yeah, people number. laid off. And the sad thing is I had... I don't recall if this was a New York Times video um, or something else. One of those kind of, you know, prestigious they put on YouTube videos where they had gone to Disney World or Disneyland to interview some of the like park, I guess, you know, park employees, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, it's it's really sad. I think they were in maybe in Anaheim in California. And yeah, they were that's, like, that's where they are. Right. The big. Disneyland and yeah, yeah. everything. And they were like, you know, it's kind of sad here that we are, you know, really underpaid. You've got a woman who's been working there for years. She loves Disney to death. But, you know, the the paycheck was not reflecting that she's working on the happiest place (laughs) on earth, which is like, you know. Is happy? And then to see somebody like Bob Iger, I think at one point it was when he got a raise and that had become really public and that was just, you know, really not fair to see the from the top, you know, being so financially supported. And then once it comes down to, to the funding for the people in Disney parks, you know, they they get very little. I don't know what their salaries uh, or hourly pay was, but, you know, no one is like, oh, you know, it's so <laughs> it pays to work as a Disney park, you know, cast member, no. unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the thing with, like, the, the I mean, look, we we try not to get too political on this show, but it... it I'm going to look that up. It, it, it does get a little frustrating when you, when you read, okay, Disney has laid off 28,000 people, and then you also read last month, they upped the executive salary, kicked it back up after they'd cut up by the corona, and the average there mm-hmm. is, like, $250,000 a year. It's like, God, man, you couldn't like spread a little of that around. But, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know their balance sheet. Like, I'm not going to come them too hard. But I mean, God, sometimes it's, it's just hard to get too excited about um, fun things happening in the entertainment space when, yeah. uh, you hear, when you hear news like this. Obviously, I'm very sorry for everybody. Yeah, it was. This was the New York Times. This is from two years ago. Which for me, it seems like way longer because two years ago now is stretched. It's called Why These Disneyland Employees Can't Afford Rent. And the tagline was, these Disney employees are struggling Disney parks uh, to get by and fighting to pay a living wage. Uh, oh, there was a living wage ballot, which was a measure in Anaheim. So I don't know how that mm-hmm. ballot went through um, or anything like that. But I mean, this was only two years ago. So not that much time you know, since this video came out. So... Yeah, like you said, it it's weird. You know, there's the the magic side of Disney, and then there's the and you know we're gonna make some chops and changes. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just weird, right? Like, like I mean, I I, I get they can't stop announcing things, but they like that they announced a new Lion King reboot, remake, yeah. prequel, whatever by Moonlight Ray Jenkins, who I'm excited to see because I do love that movie a lot. Oh Moonlight yeah, was great. yeah. Um, I'm guessing he's gonna just. I mean, look. You don't make a Disney live action remake movie to get art to like fulfill your artistic ambitions. So <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, maybe fun, but disposable yeah. and then on the same day. And then they announced like, oh, we cast Ms. Marvel, we cast She-Hulk. And then they announced the thousands of layoffs. Um, it's it's a time of contrast is what it is. Basically, yeah. <laughs> a time of contrast. <laughs> 
Yeah, someone was like, you know, why would you, you know, announce all these layoffs? Then at the same time, you know, you're announcing that you're going to make this movie with, you know, cost millions and millions of dollars. I mean, to be honest, I think we could all go without a Lion King prequel. Uh, I think there's already a perfectly good animated one already. Was it? uh, I saw Simba's Pride trending. Oh, Okay, those are so fascinating. Those were like back when Disney was not what it's like the direct today. To, those were the direct to, to VR Yeah, ones, they would they? never do that now. No. Bob Iger was actually the one who put that, like, he stopped that whole thing. He's like, this is crap, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you have to stop. Because it was like cheap. It was like, what if we're Disney but we're cheap? Which, um, you know, businesses go through cycles and now they'll interact with those people. Yeah. So, okay. We got to get onto a happier topic. This is really what we've just been dragging down. We started good. Happy pregnancies, and now we're just um, being very depressed and talking about the economy. Okay, Mia, are you watching anything? Is anybody out there who's watching us watching anything or reading or enjoying something on the television, the movies, in a book form? Mia, how about you? What are you watching? You know, I'm still watching this little show called Lovecraft Country. I am too. They are seven episodes in. I can't believe it. (laughs) This and this last episode, I'll go first. This last episode was pretty fascinating because we always talk about the genre change of each of these episodes. And this one started out normal, and then it was like, and now we're gonna go sci fi. And it was like 2001 oh, yeah. A Space Odyssey, yeah, uh, nonsense stuff. I, I, I thought it was great. Um, I will yeah. say, Lori, you're, you're saying that it seems like they're recycling the same movies over and over. I agree. I will say this Lovecraft Country show, the best thing about it, I'm still watching on HBO, is I never really know where mm-hmm. they're going to go next. Like yeah. this last episode was Hippolyta, um, you know, uh, following a trail of breadcrumbs to a magical observatory, trying to like untangle these knots of what her family is keeping from her, mm-hmm. and then going on like, uh, psychotropic journey through time and space where she yeah. occupies different identities. Like she's a, a Xena warrior princess right there, or she's a, um, uh, yeah, like a, like, like flapper a, a flapper dancer, <laughs> yeah. with, with Josephine Baker in, in yeah. I don't know what era that was. Um, she's a space explorer with like special effects, charmingly modeled after like 1950s flash yeah. Gordon kind of like serials. Yeah. It was such a, wide-ranging episode that just covered so many different ideas. Like, this Mm -hmm. show never runs out of ideas. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, It just... I feel like each week the show takes all of my attention, pretty much. And it always feels like it goes by really, really quickly. And you said, like, episode 7 already. It it does feel quick because Mm -hmm. I'm never, ever, ever bored with this show. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that I, I also have the same feeling. Uh, and th- yeah, it was so I was definitely more excited by the first part. It seemed like they just had some business to get out the way. Like, OK, sure. we've got this plot, the Atticus and all these things. But when they I, I honestly I was like, it. if they had just done a whole episode on Hippolyta and just had it be her whole like discovering. I was like, it reminded me of Doctor Who. I've been fidgeting with yeah, this. I've got totally. like a TARDIS keychain right here i've been fidgeting with that so doctor who fan over here i absolutely you know just love the idea of her going you know to these different places and really uh you know she was really embedded in the culture 
uh, like with the the flapper days being a dancer, they didn't really tell you how long she was there, but it was like, it seemed like she was there for a while. You know, she got to know everybody. Then she that was a warrior. The first thing was hilarious, yeah. right? When she first gets dropped yeah. into it and she's like <laughs> too shell-shocked to actually the dance yeah. with the French people are like, do yeah. dances. She's like, okay, okay. Um, the warrior scene I love reminded me of Black Panther a lot because, you know, you had the women warriors. I was like, yes, I yeah, 100% I love that. Um, and then just that cosmic. Like Wonder Woman 5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the end where she met like the big, the cosmic goddess out in space. Mm-hmm. That was such a beautiful scene. It was really, really a lot of uh, beautiful details and all that stuff. So um, Lovecraft Country Chronicles. We have an interview with the cinematographer Ooh. who recorded this uh, these episodes. Uh, you got to hear him. You got to hear this episode because I'm like props to you, dude. You really did awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, that was an impressive one. Yeah. Um, as Lori says, she's watching Ratchet. How is that, Lori? Because I've heard that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And waiting for Supernatural. I am too. We'll definitely cover Supernatural on Wick. We're going to review it. I'd like to have um, um, Monique, who reviews it for us, come on and be talking about it because that that yeah, show's ending yeah. after like fifteen I seasons. I think. I know. I never thought I would see the day. Did you ever and watch I, it? Yeah, I had a I have a friend who's super duper into it. So oh. while we were in college. I, I like started watching season like hmm, eight, nine, and 10, maybe. Mm-hmm. I tried to watch the beginning. It started off really slow for me. And then after I realized, you know, characters were just going to die over and over again. And I was like, I, okay, I have to get out of this because it felt like it was never going to end. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> well, I'm curious. Is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, the time has come. So, yeah, like I said, I'm curious to see what happens at the end of Supernatural, how it all pans out. Because I know the characters. I like them. Um, and, yeah, that's bittersweet. Yeah. It, it, oh. It, it, oh, what? Oh, go ahead. For our switch oh, topics. Um, I was going to say, it, it, it's always cool to see a long-running series, like what they'll do to have the big finish, like The Walking mm-hmm. Dead is now of how do you end an 11-year like super popular zombie series. We're going to find out pretty soon. Yeah. I also wanted to watch The Boys, probably a year recommendation. Um, I mean, frankly, everyone's been telling me that I should be watching <laughs> it. Um, it. It clearly kind of caught on the second season. The Boys is on Amazon. Mm-hmm. This show about what if superheroes were complete assholes um, and used their powers for nothing but evil and were completely corrupt yeah. and they had to be taken down. Like, what if... The Justice League was the Injustice League, but in uh, secret. Yeah. Um, which is just such a good idea, especially yeah. for now. This show is made for now. Like when there are so many, you know, wholesome superhero things going on. When you got the Avengers and you got the DC mm-hmm. stuff. Even if Superman cracks a neck or two. Like ultimately, he's uh, <laughs> supposed to be yeah. a good guy. Like this is the exact right time to have like a counter superhero show know, like this. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's fun. Like to see basically Superman, they call Homelanders, like Superman yes. knockoff on the Homelander's show. Homelanders my favorite. Oh, character. he's everyone's he's favorite. Like being like the absolute worst. <laughs> just, yeah. it, just just killing everyone left or right, just <laughs> looking good, but being an absolute shithead inside. Yeah. It's 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 very entertaining. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's Three it's kind of weird. It's like it it makes you see superheroes just in general kind of weird but for me it even it played with my perception of reality did you get to the i think this was like episode two the hospital visit scene with the child like the make a wish oh i actually skipped um season one and went right to season two 
I didn't want How to. How do you do something like that? I didn't want to bother with all the buildup. I just wanted to get into the parts people told me were good. Oh, come on. Well, I know what it basically <laughs> is. Superheroes, they're bad. Other people want to take them down. It's I not don't hard. know. I think you're missing out. Well, they they do, if you haven't caught on by now, they do things right for the publicity, basically. They're doing yeah. it for points. They're doing it for a show. So I was looking at an old clip where Tom Holland, you know, Spider-Man, was visiting <laughs> a hospital. And I was like... I really hope he's doing this out of the goodness of his heart and not for popularity <laughs> points. <laughs> like, way to go, Holland. You're up two points in, in the ratings today. Keep it going. I mean, yeah, I'm going like, to hope that these people are pure-hearted, but it really it, it makes you think. Superheroes as celebrities. And again, like, I kept wondering, like, when the superhero boom, like, might burn itself out because there's so much mm-hmm. stuff. And the answer is, like, folk are just getting creative. Like, the Umbrella Academy and the Boys are both examples yeah. of... Just, we're not going to stop making superhero things. We're just going to make different ones that come at it from different angles. So, mm-hmm. the boys is, what if superheroes are the absolute worst? And the Umbrella Academy is kind of, what if superheroes, but they're all highly dysfunctional and would yeah. rather not be superheroes? Which kind of is like a, an old-fashioned Marvel idea. But, like, yeah. to Marvel Doom movies. Patrol too, Doom, oh, yeah, Doom Patrol too. Yeah. So, they're just getting kind of different. And, I mean, yeah. again, they haven't exhausted themselves creatively yet. So, bring it on, I guess. Like, we just have no yeah. appetite for this stuff. <laughs> As uh, shaking my head, Dan. Why? What did I do? The, was it the curse? I shouldn't have cursed. That was, that Go was no. Go watch it. Okay. <laughs> um, what about okay. Ratchet? We've got a lot Ratchet of says it's interesting. Yeah, Sarah Paulson's really good in it. Sarah Paulson is excellent, so I'm not surprised oh, yeah. at that. Um, and as Janae says, just binge The Expanse. Really enjoyed it. The Expanse is like my next thing I, I, I've got to watch. I watched the first season, mm-hmm. and then I just stop because i kind of got another thing but i gotta get back into because everyone tells me it's great too i yeah. also again we're finally into the last kingdom in a big way on netflix like really deep in like we're watching an episode or two a day now like it it finally got its hooks in me proper and i am enjoying it like just right. good historical drama with a lot of game of thrones aspects but minus all the supernatural stuff so it's just like you know that era of history with the swords and the shields and the castles mm-hmm. and the Viking invaders and the, you're trying to defend England and very well written, well paced, really well acted. And the third season, they clearly like got a bigger budget, which is nice. Um, so they can have like more than eight people and call it an army. Um, so yeah, that show's going wonderfully. And the boys also got a spinoff, which is. That's right. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I was I, I like bad. things to just be self-contained, but I'm like, sure, whatever. Just go ahead and do it. I have no say. I am but a meager, tiny human. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know me. Like on the Wit Club this week, this month, we talked about the mega franchises, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm freaking out about how we all have like so many shows on at once. And frankly, I look at this and like, yeah, you're. You're only one and a half seasons and you're already having a spinoff. Come on, man. Yeah. The Witcher 2 has like two spinoffs on the way. They're only one season old. I think this trend is, you know, um, I guess not bad necessarily, but uh, opportunistic in a way that runs you the wrong way. Yeah. At least yeah. The, the least you could do if you're going to give us like 18 shows, at least be like 30 years old yourself. A really old franchise. But no. No, Ooh. they're... Lori asked about Outlander. I have not seen Outlander. That's when I haven't. We've had Ariba Bouvard, who watches Outlander, on the show a couple of times. I'm sure we'll have her on again, but I probably should get into it myself. What about you, Mia? Do you have any Outlander desires? 
Not necessarily. I do kind of like the idea of it. it sounds really sweet. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just another one of those things where it's like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I like history, like romance. And yes, Lloyd, too many spouts. Yeah. I agree. And Stephanie, yeah, a lot of folks say the expanse is like GOT in that it's like a lot of like kind of scheming and um, oh, factions really? battling each other, but in space. Game of Thrones in space. Honestly, I watched the first season. I'm not sure I entirely buy that. It's it, it's less diffuse. Like, yeah. I, I like the way Game of Thrones, like, kind of successfully managed to have lots of different characters all doing different things across different parts of the world. The, the expanse is a little more straightforward, like, here's our heroes, let's follow them. But it was mm-hmm. good. And, and I do want, I haven't watched all of this, I want to watch more. What's the expanse on? It was on sci fi, and then they canceled it, and Amazon picked it up. Okay, that's what. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Any other thing you're watching, reading, want to talk about, Mia? Um. No, I'm not. I've I've got both of my Enola Holmes novels in the mail, mm-hmm. um, which I see has been rated for school children. But seeing as my sisters are the age that they say should be reading this book, <laughs> I'm like, ah, I think it's fine. They I haven't seen them pick up a book in a while, so maybe I'll I'll share it with them <laughs> when I'm done. There you go, perfect. <laughs> and um, oh, speaking of books. Uh-huh. Um, next week, just our last little plug here. It's not, it's not even our thing, but it is cool. Oh, and Stephanie, what do you think about Vikings? I loved it. I haven't watched Vikings either. I got to have Corey Smith of Wick on here. He loves Vikings. I'll have him on here sometime. Yeah. He can talk about it. Cause yeah, Vikings is another one. There's a lot of TV out there. Okay, guys. I know. I, I know. I can't watch it all. There's too much. But, um, there's a book coming out next week. Um, the full title of which is, it's really long. <clears throat> Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon, the official untold story of the epic series Game of Thrones, written by James Hibbard, who is Entertainment Weekly's, like, longtime Game of Thrones guy. Like, he went to the set. He talked to all the people. Like, he interviewed everyone for this thing, for, for, for this book. Like, it's full of quotes from, like, the stars, the writers, the producers. Um, and, and they've been releasing excerpts. And they've been really good, especially for, for like yeah. a Game of Thrones nerd like me. They, they're great. Like they had, we talked about the Lady Stoneheart thing a couple weeks ago where they talked mm-hmm. about why they cut her. They just had a big thing about the Battle of Blackwater, the making of it. And like, you know, Lena Headey and Leon Cunningham all waited on like what it was like to do. Peter Dinklage was there waiting on it. They just had a thing where George R. R. Martin named his least favorite scene of the entire series. It was like <laughs> this little... No one remembers it scene from the first season where King Robert goes hunting with like his brother and his guard. And it was it was a pretty small scene. And his problem was like uh, 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 in in medieval times, it, it they should have had like 100 people and dogs and horns and tents. It was just four guys going hunting. That's not realistic. So that was his beef with that. And saying, I know. Like, I, I always had a problem with that scene, Dan. How could you not have realized that? <laughs> I think no. you're being sarcastic, and I can't prove it, but I'll try. No, no, no. Sarcasm is, is here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and back then, the, the, the budget wasn't what it became, so they oh, yeah, couldn't yeah. afford dogs and 100 guys and everything. But interesting. And I mean, if the book is like full of more stuff like that... I mean, I, I don't want to pressure you guys, but uh, it, it feels like it's almost like a must-have for Game of Thrones fans. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get it. Hopefully, I can get a free copy. If you listen to HBO, hello. <laughs> um, and we'll see what happens. As Richard says, yes, I stopped watching after I saw that unrealistic hunting scene. Yeah, I came yeah. close, but um, I, I pressed on. Two out of ten would not recommend. <laughs> 
As Stephanie says, I gotta get that book. Thank you. I never knew about it. I'm a GOT addict. Yeah, Stephanie, it looks good. Like, again, I don't like to push products on this, but this, it looks really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually yeah. pretty excited about it. I believe October 6th it comes out. So, um, next Friday. Can, hold up. Can we get the picture up again one more time? Or so next week the comes name out. Of... There we go. Yeah, Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon. The, uh, the official untold story of Game of Thrones on shelves next week. Mia, anything else you want to talk about? Anything anyone else wants to talk about before we sign off for the week? I think I'm all tapped out of ideas. We had a great conversation. We had some highs, we had some lows, but overall, I think we finished strong. Yeah, I hope we didn't (laughs) depress anybody too much with all that talk about um, responsibility and um, corporate malfeasance. Yeah. But if you did, um, go watch an episode of Game of Thrones and get back in a good mood. Mm-hmm. One of the happy ones. All right. Well, thanks for watching us. Um, I am Dan Selke of winnerscoming.net here with Mia Johnson of dorksideoftheforce.com.net. What is it? Dot com. Dot com. And we are here every Wednesday at four o'clock central standard time to talk all things fantasy, sci-fi, TV, movies, Game of Thrones, in a Star Wars, lasers, swords, etc. and so forth, horses, maybe, time travel, historical epics, and so on and so forth. Um, Hope to see you right back here on our Facebook page next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Have a great day, and thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.